It's the Christmas season, and we are speaking about the Christmas story in a way that I guarantee you have never heard before. Coming up next, we're speaking with author, global faith leader, and pastor John Thompson as he speaks about his brand new book, Deliverance, and the Christmas story as a holy invasion that has a divine master plan for freedom. You're going to love it. We're talking about freedom, hope, joy in a way you have never heard before. And we are talking about being free from all that oppresses us. Guys, you don't want to miss this conversation. Available on all podcast platforms or subscribe to my YouTube channel. Let's get ready for a powerful conversation. I'll see you on the path. You're listening to On the Path Podcast with Cheryl Nephart. Brought to you by Fight for Freedom. Educating, empowering, and equipping community members by raising awareness and training others surrounding the issues of sex trafficking. For more information or to donate, go to fightforfreedom.ca. Follow Cheryl Nemhard on all social media platforms. Uh, that's so good. And, you know, for those that are struggling um, and feeling like they're in their rock bottom moments, I always say that that's the place where uh, God meets us. That's the place where divine encounter and 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 life shaping moments happen. God specializes in being our rescue, our refuge, our mm-hmm. shelter in the times of these storms. But I also know that it's in those moments, too, that we develop. It's in those moments that we actually grow and become and step into the thing that God has called us to do and be. And sometimes it takes, and this was my life, it takes a rock bottom crashing to wake me up to go a different direction. And and that's been a wonderful thing in my life is that I have no regrets. I have no regrets for the rock bottom moments because they literally woke me up to a reality that there is a spiritual battle and that this is a war and that I am a soldier that's wounded and I wanted freedom. I wanted victory. So I chose another way. Um, Yes, please. I was just going to say, I want to say to, to some of you who are watching or seekers or skeptics, maybe you're from another religion or spiritual, or you have the ethnic title Christian, like grandma's a Christian. So I'm a Christian. You know, every time I have this conversation, people are like, wow, if that's true, and it makes sense, there are dots connecting for people as I'm talking, you're talking. They're like, man, I just, I just want to be free. Well, just, I want to tell you, the person who sets you free is the Jesus of scripture. Yeah. And so like, if you haven't said yes to Jesus Christ as savior and Lord, then there is no freedom because the only person who has the power over evil is Mm -hmm. the one who was born to die to live. Like, You've got to go. There's only one person and he's the only one who has power to do this eternally and in the now. So for some of you, actually, the humbling moment for you is not the depression or rock bottom. It's actually the humbling saying, I need a savior and I actually need to trust in Jesus and not in my own works uh, or my own religiosity and or my rebellion. To a lot of other you who are Christians, you're like, I want to be faithful and I do all the right things, but I, I still feel I can't be free. Well, maybe this is because you thought you could have sin in your life and be a Christian or worldly, but you never thought the demonic could actually have an influence in your life internally. And again, this is not about ownership. This is about internal impact. I, I feel almost prompted to say this. So Cheryl, if I may, I know someone out there is going, oh man, this I got to start twitt- tweeting and Instagramming that the heresy alert is this guy is talking. There's no way that God and the devil can share space. What Bible are you all reading? Job chapter one. 
Satan was in the presence of God. Uh, the temptation, uh, Jesus and Satan shared space. And oh, I just want to remind all of us, if we're going to be truly honest, um, how many of us sinned in the last 24 hours? Want to raise your hand? Right? Okay. Did the Holy Spirit leave you because you sinned? Come no, he on. was grieved. Remember, there's three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And somehow we think as Christians, you can have sinful influence or worldly influence, but not demonic influence. Why have we elevated one above the other two? Because it's sentient? No, no. It's simple. God is grieved and we need to repent and close those doors. But of course he can be present and still not own us. And actually, this is probably for some people going, this is why my whole life, I've always had these thoughts. This is my whole life, why I can't, I struggle walking into a church building. Every time I'm near a pastor, I have these really thought, I don't know. What, it's okay. You're not crazy. Now you've got a category to begin a conversation to see maybe if they're the third enemy might have some internal influence. And the way we always talk about it is this, because it's Christmas. I'll use a fireplace analogy. Um, think about if you have a struggle, any struggle, gossip, anger, pornography, and it's a small fire and it's natural. You're naturally inclined that way. It's like if the demonic are in your life, but don't own you, it's like they keep pouring kerosene on it and it's just exploding. That's good. Right. And it's, it's like out of control. Well, when they're told yeah. to leave and you do some of that work, the fire goes back down. But let me say on this Merry Christmas podcast or, and this show, Hey everyone, even if the demonic leave you, you're still stuck with you. And this is oh, this really important so thing we need to work out that after the freedom comes, you still are stuck with you mm. and there's life and work and family. And you just got to live a normal, boring Christian life Ooh, because you're I, stuck with I, you. I want to stay right there. You're stuck with you. So yeah. can you help us pastor? How do we walk out our freedom daily? Yeah. If we're stuck with ourselves. Yeah. So you're always positionally free. And you need to, you know, you need to hold that when you feel, you know, I think it's in first John where he says, even our own hearts accuse us. We don't think about that. Right? Even our, the devil accuses us. The world accuses us. Our history accuses even our own hearts. So remember, how did Jesus overcome Satan with the truth? And so how we maintain our freedom and walk in our freedom, how we bring the positional stuff upstairs into our everyday life is number one, we need to ground our identity in what scripture actually says is true. I am a child of God. I am predestined. I am owned. I am a brother and sister of Jesus. He is my high priest. There is no sin that is wicked enough that separates me from the love of God. I am saved until the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit does not leave me every time. Like, that's one way. The second thing, without becoming legalistic, and oh my goodness, I failed once the devil's coming back, is we have to keep short accounts. And actually, you know, truthfully, if you want to know what evil is, then let the Bible define evil, not yourself, not your feelings, not your culture, not your background, not our city, the scriptures. So if you, if you want to know what the door opening events are, read Galatians 5. This, the, the, the sins of the flesh are obvious. And then when you fail, which we're all going to, thank you, his mercies are new every morning. It's Christmas Day every morning for a Christian because his mercies are new. But just keep short accounts. Lord, I'm sorry I did that again. Could you keep that door closed? The one thing I don't want people to do is become like obsessed. Oh my goodness, I, I failed and I, I gossiped again and I wasn't nice to my child. And that's not the freedom that God gives mm. us. So mm. um, walk out your position in Christ, keep doors closed and be in genuine church community. There's someone out there listening to me. I just got to say this to you. 
It's not Jesus and you. That is the most unbiblical thing. That is so Western individualistic. This is a small C Catholic thing. It's us and Jesus. I mean, Catholic, the universal church. You can't do Christianity without the church. It's impossible. Mm. You can't have the head without the body. You got to be in community, even if the family's dysfunctional. It's God's family. Oh, I am loving this. I'm trying to keep to keep myself together. Oh, if you if you ever want to know what my bend is, this is it. This is our Christmas special. We are going all the way there. And I love it. I, because I think we spend too many times, too much of our life on the surface, too much of our life in this form of Christianity, but denying the power thereof. We do a lot of formality, but we're not getting into real right relationship. We're not truly walking out um, uh, this incredible path of freedom and wholeness. I see so many wounded soldiers. I love that analogy that, that I can't shake that people in the battle, but bleeding out and, and not knowing what to do to stop the bleeding and no, having the right tools. And I think this is such an important conversation. I wanted to just stay here, but give people some hope. Um, Cause I know it's been, it's been a, a heavier conversation than they might be, than they're used to. Um, I, I know that you're good for this. What, what do the, when you hit, rock bottom, when you hit those moments of being absolutely wounded and broken, uh, what have you learned? What is the hope that you have learned about in God, about God for yourself, scripture? What can you share that would encourage people who feel like they're wounded soldiers right now? Yeah, well, um, I'll say three things. Uh, Number one, uh, like I just shared, the most significant thing It was J.I. Packer, the great Anglican theologian, who said, you will know the measure of someone's understanding of Christianity by their understanding of the fatherhood of God. Hello. And it's so interesting. Cheryl, you were here a few years ago when I preached that if you're stuck with Jesus in church, you haven't gone far enough. And everyone was like, oh, what is he saying? And I'm like, no, no, no. Don't forget. The spirit leads you to Jesus every time. And Jesus is here to reveal the father every time. That's why we're Trinitarians. And so here's the thing. I am continually learning that in my rock bottom moments, the gospel of Jesus is truly dependent on God and not on me. I mean, this it's so obvious, but it's not. God called me. I didn't choose him. Jesus died in my place. I had nothing to do with it. The spirit opened my eyes to see Jesus, introduced me to Jesus and filled me with Jesus. Like, I have, like I preached a few weeks ago, you can't seduce this, you can't buy this, you can't, you can't steal this, you can't borrow this. It's, so the gospel has to take such, why did Jesus, why was Jesus born? Why did the angels say to the shepherds? Good news. Because the grounding of everything that gives us hope is not reliant on us. That's the first Amen. thing. Amen. Here's the second thing I've learned, and it's, Sorry if it's heavy again. You you know me. I'm sorry. Anyway, it's this. I'm heavy too. (laughs) It's the resurrection. Yeah. This is so important, everyone. Jesus didn't spiritually rise from the dead. He physically rose from the dead. Physically, physically, physically. Here's what I know. That when Jesus, in the Old Testament, when it says, by his stripes we are healed, we want to make that all about the now. If I pray in, no, no, no. The resurrection is our healing. Do I believe people get healed? Yes. That's a whole nother, uh, you know, TV show and podcast. And, and actually that's book one, Convergence. A lot of conversation about that. But here's the hope. 
My identity is rooted in calling. That keeps me going. Number two, I know this. The resurrection is true. And even if this life doesn't work out, the resurrection is true. And as Jesus rose from the dead, I'm going to rise from the dead and he's going to restore all things. That's why Christmas happened. And I, I told this story years ago. You know, my grandfather died basically in my arms. It was the first time I saw death. And, you know, in the North American context, I think we only see five to nine deaths, I think, in our lifetime. I think in the African context, they see 150. So it's a very different thing. But I remember when he was dying in my arms, you know, I said to him, I said, Grandpa, the resurrection's true. You can go. That's what gives me hope. That's why even at Christmas, I have to remind myself of, you know, the cradle that leads to the cross to the empty grave, because actually this life is beautiful and important and I need to find beauty in it, but the resurrection is the thing that we give out. So the resurrection and my calling and the, in the middle point is this, that keeps me going. Um, and it, we've, we've talked a lot about this in culture, unless, you know, loneliness mm-hmm. is a pandemic right now and all of this. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a possessed human being and it's amazing. Something this might blow some people's minds, even though they're Christians. I have a sentient being living in me that is not human. And I'm not talking about an alien. Mm-hmm. The Holy spirit is in me Amen. and I'm not alone. Yeah. The resurrection of Jesus, the gospel has nothing mm-hmm. to do with me and the yeah. presence of the spirit. Mm-hmm. That's Amen. all I got. That's the yeah, only the thing com- that makes me difference. The different. comforter. The, com- mm-hmm. the comforter, the convictor, mm. all, all the things. He, as I've said so many times in our own context, every encounter you've had with God happened through the Spirit because you can't connect with the triune God without him. So good. Yeah. Pastor John, every single time. My I guys, I've got I've got goosebumps, my hands are shaking. It's just I just feel the power of God. Every single time I speak with you, sir, and this is not to gas you up, but just the truth and and the power of the word that comes from you. I'm just so thankful. We needed it this Christmas. I Guys, we're talking about uh, Pastor John Thompson's incredible new book, John Thompson. You'll see that on the title. It's called Deliverance, and it is available anywhere and everywhere books are sold. I want to encourage you to think differently. I really feel like saying that. Think differently this Christmas. Gifts are great under the tree. Uh, it's it's wonderful to walk through all the warm and fuzzy traditions. But we want lasting change for ourselves, for our loved ones, for those that we are connected with. Um, it sounds cliche, but it's so not. Why not consider the gift of freedom and truth? Why not consider a book that would lead people to a place of freedom and a deliverance from the things that have been oppressing and holding them back all this time? If you have a few people in your mind, even as I'm talking, that could really use this book. Why don't you grab it and uh, and put it under the tree as well, Pastor John? I want to thank you for being on the path. Listen, before I've got a question for you. Before, don't go. I got a surprise question for you. But how yes. can we track with you? How can we follow along with all the things you're doing? Yeah. So there's a few things. Just depending on what part of my life, uh, SanctusChurch.com is the church I uh, that I lead and love. Been here for 23 years, so you can follow sermons and all what we're going through. Uh, in our in our part of the vineyard and world, that's one. You can follow me at Pastor John underscore T at, at Instagram. That's probably the best place. 
all my tweets and everything else end up in Instagram anyway. Uh, but two, maybe two websites that would help. ExperienceDeliverance.com is actually the website about this book. There's a trailer and it actually talks about this and it's not your usual spiritual conflict book. I, I just got to say that uh, in, in, it's, it's, um, you're going to go swimming history, theology, how churches have done this right and wrong, the mistakes we've made. It's not just, hey, here's five easy steps to A, B, and C. So experiencedeliverance.com. And then Cheryl, because you brought it up at the beginning, thrivewithconvergence.com is the original book. That's all about how we actually get to imitate Jesus in spiritual gifts and spiritual disciplines and even renewal. And actually that book is the foundation to the freedom we found in this other book as we've worked this out in a large church community over a period of time. So those are a few ways you can connect with uh, me as I keep, you know, doing this thing. Thank you, Pastor John. Listen, I, 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 w- I was going to say that I've got a surprise question for you, but you already know what it is because you've been on this uh, podcast so many times, but I want to change it up. So I'm going to okay. actually make it a surprise. Um, 10 second, 15 second popcorn responses. Okay. We're going to, we're going to really do some ministry. To the person who is at rock bottom, they're really thinking about doing something uh, very dangerous and self-harming to themselves. What would you say? Yeah. First thing I'd say is humble yourself, dial 911, and get to a hospital immediately. If you are really in that place, get help that way, and then reach out to Christian community. We have to be okay with someone else interfering at this moment. If you're really there, get help and get it right now. And then reach out to Christian community and let us walk alongside of you afterwards. Call the number now. Humble yourself and get help. If it's not 911, reach out to a friend or family member, but we need you. Don't take your life. Don't harm yourself. It looks like the easy way out, but it's not. Love that. We need you. And to the person who is overwhelmed with heaviness, uh, depression, uh, maybe working through grief around this time, what would you say? Yeah. So a few things. Number one, you're not alone. Uh, the, the God of the universe is with you. Number two, it's okay to check out if it's seasonal or it's something deeper. I encourage sorry to say, go talk to your doctor. You know, a lot of pastors don't say this, but I sure do. Go talk to your doctor get help there. And and then let me just say this. Is there hope? Yeah, there is. Is it actually the way you've invented in your mind? Probably not. But have the courage to begin the journey to see what the hope might look like, not what you think it should look like. Mm. And to all those that have fallen deeply in love with the feelings of Christmas, but haven't really taken the time to explore the truth of Christmas, what would you say to them? Yeah. uh, Here's my answer. Do both. Do both. Enjoy Christmas. Have the turkey. Set up the stockings. Do all the stuff. Watch all the movies. None of that's wrong, actually. It's so refreshing, actually, when Hallmark brings their 1.2 billion films out, right? And that's fine. But don't, while you're enjoying that, don't not explore the, the foundation for all of it, the light of the world, the savior of the world, the one who came to deliver us from sin, death, and the demonic. And, and if I can just say, it's funny, even though we're living in this post-Christian, de-Christian moment, there's still enough Christian memory in our country for you to have a really amazing conversation about, uh, with a neighbor, family member, friend, or enemy about Christmas and Jesus. People are still, that's still a bridge that's sort of intact. Don't not use it. Use mm. it. So, so good. Two more. Um, 
just remind us or tell us again for someone that maybe just stumbled on, what is the hope of the Christmas story? The hope of the Christmas story is that we who had walked away from God had declared, actually the Bible says we are enemies in our behavior, who had now invoked death and were under the possession positionally of the demonic and could never escape death. Suddenly God comes back into that darkness, breaks the power of the evil one, overcomes death, forgives sin, and says, this does not have to be your story. Christmas is actually preparing the world for when Jesus returns and the new heavens and the new earth. No pollution, no racism, no gangs, no war, no drug trafficking, no AIDS, no cancer, no funeral. That's the hope of Christmas. When he started there, the first advent is going to come with a second advent. Read about that in the book of Revelation and First Thessalonians. And he is going to set all things right. And that's a world and a place you want to be. Mm, so good. And finally, oh, I could keep you here forever. Finally, uh, in light of our conversation on uh, freedom, deliverance, the Christmas story, hope in a time of darkness, what is it time for, sir? What is it time for? Yeah, you know, as I've shared with you before, um, in this growing, again, post-Christian, de-Christian moment, if you are a Christian within the sound of my voice, I want to encourage you this Christmas not to put your eggs in the wrong basket. Don't think you're going to change the world through politics. Don't think you're going to change the world through your social media feed. Don't think you're going to change the world through revolt. Listen, the way we change the world is by loving God and loving our neighbor, standing for truth and being hospitable. Jesus demonstrated all these things. And I know that the, our culture doesn't get it because sometimes the Christian faith sounds like the radical left. Sometimes it sounds like the, you know, the wild right, and sometimes the middle. But that's the point. The kingdom we belong to is not of this world. And so you can be hospitable and still stand for truth. You can be loving and not a jerk and still say something's wrong. You want to see our country changed? Ask the, the Jesus of Scripture, the Jesus that was born, to continue to transform you into him. And things might be different. Mm, so, so good. And lastly, I'm going to flip it. Okay. What is it, what is it not time for in this season? Yeah. Um, there's an image that we've been using in our own community lately um, as we've been working through COVID and reopening church and all the pain. And the image, Cheryl, you might remember, was a bunch of people dancing and celebrating and a bunch of other people broken and bleeding on the floor. And this was actually a, a, a word of knowledge image given from the spirit, actually to our leadership about the makeup of our church in this moment. And here's, this is, this is what Christmas and in church life, this is, this is not for these, this is what we should not do. These two groups can't turn on each other. Right. Some people are celebrating and loving Christmas and loving Jesus and life is good. And that's amazing. Don't forget there's all sorts of bleeding people beside you. There's a bunch of bleeding people. Hey, listen, don't hate the people that are celebrating. It's okay. Because actually, that is the tension we're living in. And we need both groups. Like I shared, you can't laugh with someone who laughs. You can't celebrate with someone who celebrates. You can't mourn with someone who mourns, as the Bible commands us to, unless you're with them. So this is not a time to, se to segregate these two groups out. This is actually a time to sit together and mourn and laugh and eat turkey all at the same time. 
So good. Not to forget those who are bleeding and broken in this season. Yeah, yeah. so, so good. Pastor John, I want to thank you so much for being on the path. We are going to have you again at some point. You just keep writing books. We're going to keep talking about them. Uh, I'd love to give you the last word for uh, everyone as we close out this Christmas special. And depending when people are listening to it, it might be Christmas Day or just a few days afterwards. What would you like to say to everyone? Yeah, I want to say a genuine biblical Merry Christmas. Uh, I hope you've had a great or are having a great holiday. And honestly, Jesus is born. Jesus lived. Jesus died. Jesus physically rose from the dead. Jesus is returning. And there is real hope. And Christmas is the cultural moment, the Sabbath moment to reflect on truth that goes way beyond the craziness of politics, culture, social media, or global change. Jesus wins. Jesus wins. Amen. Pastor John, thank you so much. You're such a blessing. (laughs) Thanks. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Wow. I don't know about you, but I am so ignited and encouraged and inspired by this incredible conversation about the Christmas story. And I hope that it has shifted your perspective like it has mine and helped us to remember the true meaning of Christmas and to see it in a way that perhaps we have never seen it before. This holy invasion of love, of Jesus coming with this divine master plan of freedom for all who are bound. I pray that in this season, you find that freedom and you find that hope and find that joy and whatever is keeping you oppressed or holding you back know that there is freedom in Jesus I encourage you to pick up the, a copy of the book I encourage you to get to know uh, John Thompson and his teachings and I encourage you to find community and to be surrounded by those who can pray for you can lift you up in this season I know that it gets a bit heavy but know that Jesus loves you and that the comforter is always with us I wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. And I pray that you have a great, great season with family and friends. Until then, guys, keep living, keep learning, keep loving, and keep walking in daily freedom. I will see you on the path. Thank you for listening to On the Path podcast with Cheryl Nemhard, brought to you by Fight for Freedom. Educating, empowering, and equipping community members by raising awareness and training others surrounding the issues of sex trafficking. For more information or to donate, go to fightforfreedom.ca. Please like, download, and subscribe. This has been an Exusia Media production.